go ahead. It seems to me that being a female, a Buddhist nun, is more difficult in a practical, organizational sense than being a Buddhist monk. It seems that it is more difficult to find a good place to stay and generally organize life as a nun and not to be sort of a servant in a monastery. Am I under a wrong impression? Um, it depends very much on, on where you are and with whom you are. Um, it is certainly more difficult to find a good place to stay because there are not so many yet. Uh, it's getting better. There are uh, bhikkhunis who are becoming um, senior enough to ordain and there are more sponsors for bhikkhuni places. So um, it will become a little bit more uh, simple in in near future, I would say. For now, um, and for me, uh, I try not to focus on the on the uh, difference between male and female. I try just to be a good monk, and um, I think that's what is important um, for the Buddha. In the Abhidhamma, I, I read uh, female and male is just a, a physical characteristic. So, um, and the mind can be defiled in a male or in a female body, or it can liberate it in a male or female body. So, um, in that sense, we are kind of in the same situation in the same bad situation that's still in in samsara um there are in countries like uh thailand for example uh, eight precept nuns or in 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 uh, uh sri lanka here are many 10 precept nuns and for them it is um such a situation for being a service, a servant in a monastery, they cook and clean and are really servant and sometimes in some places like slaves of the monks. It's it's mm. heartbreaking. Um, but in some places not. You see, th it's not really an argument that I use, but there's the argument in Thailand. Um, there's the example, I was staying up on the mountain and I commented to the, one of the monks and in Doi Suteb, uh, I said, you know, the Westerners are not really, they, they, they're kind of upset at this. They see the nuns all working in the kitchen. And he said, well, you know, wh what do you expect these nuns to do? That's all they, you know, th their skill is to cook. The monks are work that are working in the office, it's because they've, you know, come from uh, an office job before. And then Doisitev, that's the truth. These monks had been in whatever government positions or so on. And he said, we take people according to their abilities. That, that That's no excuse, of course, for making them work like a slave, which is really terrible. Uh, but th there is something there that just is, that in Thailand or in Sri Lanka, the monks, in, in one sense, the monks and the nuns are both slaves um, because they have put themselves in a position of being priests and 
or priestesses or, or whatever, uh, in the sense that they work for the people. They will do ceremonies and go to ceremony after ceremony, and they become slaves not only to the lay people, they become slaves to their desires. Some of them bec have become slaves to their ambitions. Some of them be become slaves to their desires to such an extent that they abuse children and, 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 and horrific things. These sorts of things go on. Um, so I would say it, 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 it depends largely on the community. Because the example I would give, in, in Wat Jom Tong, for example, there, the, the nuns are now in, in some of the highest positions. Uh, in terms of the bureaucracy, they're not. They're still under the monks, and that's the, the, the deal with Thailand. But when I go to Jom Tong, I get scolded by this nun in the office, because she runs the office, and she's, she's like number two in charge of the monastery, underneath this monk who's... Who's, uh, well, I don't want to talk too much about the place, but it's not a place I like to spend my time, except because my teacher is there. Uh, but she she has quite a bit of power, and that's how it's always been there. The the, the nuns have actually run the the main office. So people in Doi Sinteb would say, why are the monks all in the office? Well, in Jom Dong, the nuns are in the office. In Wat Lampung, the nuns are in the office as well. And the, the monks have their office, the nuns have their office, and if you look at Wat Lampung, I think it's a pretty good example of, I don't know, maybe the nuns do have to work harder than the monks. Some of the monks get away with murder at Wat Lampung, or they used to. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I think in general in Wat Lampung, everybody has a, a, a two-week mm, alternation. On and off. Jom Tong as well. In fact, in Jom Tong, it, it's a bit weighted towards the nuns. The nuns do harder work in the kitchen because the the kitchen, well, the, those nuns who are have been cooks before, and you know most women in Thailand are pretty good at cooking. That's what they were trained to do by the culture. So th those nuns who do work in the kitchen work pretty hard, and I can attest to that, having seen it. But they only do it for for two weeks, and then they have two weeks off. The monks don't get that. The monks who work, some of them are working every day, every day, every day. And I don't know of any monks that have. Well, some of them there are some things, and it's changing now. But mm. uh, so, so it, just to say it largely, the the real problem, of course, is that the nuns in Thailand are not real nuns, and they're not given status as nuns. There, there's this mm, pretend kind of creation that we've developed, and it's become so so normal that everyone's saying, "Well, why don't you just be content with being a, a mechi? Why don't you just be content with being?" this fake thing that we've set up. But it's actually fake, and it actually came later. The truth is they should be following you know, that which the Buddha laid out, and, and all of these rules that the Buddha laid out, which are there for a purpose, to keep the communal harmony and to keep the monks and the nuns from uh, getting in trouble with each other, and so on. I think that's more a problem than uh, the slave thing, but that, that, that's so much a culture as well. I mean, Asian culture is not very friendly towards women in general, Buddhism aside. But again, this is a probably a hot-button topic. But yeah, but I think in, it is really all about um, liberation of the mind and, and should not be about being female or being male. Mm. And... Um, um, well, the, the, but then I think that the, the, there's a good point there that both of them are, are, are totally lost. If you're talking about monks and nuns in general in Sri Lanka, 
don't even go there. These aren't monks, these aren't nuns in the mm. sutta sense. Neither one of them are at all interested in liberation and their practice is not going to lead them towards liberation. And in fact, the nuns are often more sincere, right? Because they don't, this is what the argument was in Thailand, that the nuns would often practice harder because they hadn't, they didn't ordain for, for, for uh, status. They didn't ordain to become some high nun, you, because you can't really, or, or you can, but it's very difficult. So they, they were the ones who were there because they really wanted to practice, because they saw suffering, and because they felt like their role as a woman in this sexist society was a lot of suffering, and so they wanted to be f come free from that. Most of the meditation centers in Thailand are full of women, and they tend to practice a lot better than the monks. There's uh, Ajahn Supan, uh, he was saying, the monks, the monks are first in everything. When it's time for food, monks first. When it's, uh, when it's time for getting a ride in a car or something, monks first. With everything, the monks go first, except meditation. When it comes to <laughs> meditation, the monks say, oh, you go first. <laughs> he actually said that in front of a room full of people, a room full of monks and, and lay people, I think. I can't remember where he said it, but I was there when he said it. Just. uh Anyway, but no, but that goes against this idea that for sure, what you see in the bhikkhuni, what is it, the tari, tarigatha? I think the tarigatha, Mara always comes to them and says, what, can a, what does a woman have to do with enlightenment, with your two-finger wisdom? Two-finger wisdom apparently has to do with stirring a pot or something, or, or I don't know, measuring or something, some women, stereotypical women thing. And the bhikkhunis would always say, "What, what is, what is there of a what is there of a woman woman to someone who has let go of craving?" This is arahan, no? and f they they would answer in this way: "What is what is a, what is what should I be relating to the word woman? You know, what is there in me that is woman? What what do I have to do with woman?" And so in this way, they would uh, make Mara very sad and upset because he couldn't trick them into becoming, what's the word, I don't want to say feminist because that's probably a bad thing to say, but um, feminist in a way that, you know, really gung-ho about, about uh, being a male or being a female or, or about the gender, so, because in the end it, the mind is the same. There's a story in the, in the commentary, the Dhammapada commentary, I think, of a, or one commentary where this man he saw, I think it was Mahakasapa, he saw Mahakasapa going on alms and he was, he was some, you know, raunchy lay person and he looked at him and he said, ooh, that, that elder is quite attractive, wouldn't it be great if he were my wife? He actually thought this, he, he kind of thought, if he was a woman, I'd take him as my wife right away. And the story goes that as a result, because Mahakasapa was an arahant, and as a result of fashioning this this uh, idea of of taking a, a, a enlightened being as as their their wife, his his gender changed. He became a woman. It was so there was such a strong uh, attraction there of you know heterosexual attraction, I guess that the commentary says he changed his gender. Uh, to, to fit with the thought of a man and a woman together in that way. But, you know, that's just one of the commentaries that 
may or may not have happened. But it's said to have happened right then and there that he actually changed genders. And later on he, no, and then he gave birth to two sons. He, he became a woman and was like, oh, now I'm a woman. They chased him out because they didn't recognize him. They said, who's this crazy woman here? And then he found a, a husband, got married, had two kids. And then he met the Mahakasapa again. He saw him coming and he, he realized how, how silly he had been. And he went up to Mahakasapa and he asked forgiveness. When he asked forgiveness, he became a man again. And so here he was, the father of, of two, <laughs> having given birth, the only man in, in recorded history to ever have given birth to two sons. Something like that. It's one of those crazy stories. Thank you, Phil. Two-finger wisdom refers to checking the doneness of cooking rice. That's what the commentary says, I think, no? Um, it's some kind of idiom. Okay?